Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, hello everybody and welcome to uh, Modern Cowboy Podcast. Um, got a very cool guest on today, uh, horse trainer, um, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. I'm not sponsored by these people, but I, I'm just going to tell you something I discovered recently that I love, and it's called the Swiffer, okay? Never used a Swiffer. You got to have one, especially if you're kind of a, a clean freak like me, but you know, you got dog hair, uh, your dog's shedding around your house. These Swiffers are amazing. When I first saw them, I laughed about them. I thought, yeah, who would even, you know, who even thought of that thing? You know, just get a mop. But they're amazing. So I'm just throwing that out there. Hashtag Swiffer. Um, I love them. You got to have them. Great for your horse trailers. Clean the floor up real quick. It, just a very cool deal. So uh, that being said, um, again, I want to thank everybody that's been uh, downloading the, the podcast uh, literally you know, all over the world. Um, really appreciate that and very thankful that uh, the people that we're having on, you're enjoying and it's something that you want to listen to. And, and so I'm really, uh, really very appreciative of that. Uh, today on, on the podcast, we have a, a horse trainer, uh, Tristan Baroni. And now, Tristan, we, we kind of met on social media. He had reached out about the podcast, just, you know, gave me a you know thumbs up, said he, he, thought it was cool and that he liked it and and so then I reached back out to him and ultimately I just thought man it'd be a great guy to have on the podcast so uh without further ado I just want to welcome uh Tristan uh to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Tristan how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful and uh I'm, I'm pretty appreciative to be a part of this I think uh this is a a really neat thing and it's a great way for you to be able to share, share information with so many different people and really um be able to kind of help give to other folks that are looking to listen and uh, just listen to your past podcast. You cover such a wide array of things. I kind of think it's a great thing and just really informative is why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, very cool. And, and when, you know, when you reached out to me and then I, I checked out what, what you did in the horse training and, you know, you've got, uh, I mean, a, a really substantial following and, and uh, it's just really cool. And, and I mean, you're living a life that ideally, uh, I thought I was supposed to live, uh, you know, and, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm looking at some videos on your Instagram right now, some things on there. And, and it's just like, just so cool, so ranchy and so cowboy. And so if you, if you would just, just, you know, let us know, tell us, you know, how you got started, how you, you know, got into what you do and, and about your life is, is little or as much as you want to want to tell us. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a rundown. Um, kind of started from when I was little, some things that made me uh, the man I am today. Had a pretty traumatic, rough childhood. Um, Parents that were pretty physical and uh, into drugs and things like that. And kind of overcame that. Never got to be around horses very much, but was always drawn towards them. So as soon as I could leave and go do my own thing, I left and uh, started chasing horses. I started working for outfitters, packing in the Bob Marshall, the Zorky Wilderness, through Yellowstone, um, 
and just really all over Montana and Wyoming and some parts of Colorado. And I, I packed for about a year, year and a half um, straight full time. And then I started looking into cowboying and things like that. And now that I'd had enough horsemanship experience and, and then I started cowboying and working for several different ranches, calving out cattle and things like that. And just overall ranch hand work, kind of taking what I could get, but always riding. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. I, I was riding my horses and I was watching the guys around me and none of us were really getting along very well. And I didn't know. And I started looking for this and that and kind of watching things. And I, I, I'd find little snippets here and there on the internet and I'd call some people. Actually, I called a lot of people a lot of times before I ever got any feedback and um, just started pursuing horsemanship. Uh, and I think when I really, really got into it was I went to a place called McGinnis Meadows and kind of worked there short term. And there were some things I really liked and some things I didn't like. And um, that was several years back here. And that was kind of a pivotal moment for me because I'd read these books and I'd watched some tapes and I'd talked to a few people and everybody said what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And um, no one really wanted to help. Everybody kind of just wanted to charge a ton to do things like that. I, I had a very hard time finding anybody who was willing to help. So after my experience there at McGinnis, I decided I was going to try and be the best me and figure out how best I could work with a horse and why things were going the way they are and why they were going good and why they were going bad. And that was really the pivotal, pivotal moment for me. Um, here the last, last couple of years, I've been riding a little over 400 horses a year. Um, Man. I, I would say pretty obsessively. I, I figured out what I wanted to do and I, I haven't done much else. And I've, I've really tried to study it and study myself. And um, through that, I, I found a love for horses that I have a hard time articulating. Um, the best way I can put it is the horse, he is um, unconditionally good. There's, there's no way around it. I don't care whether he's a bucking horse, a track horse, or your sister's pony. Um, he's inherently good. He, he comes out, unless there's some crazy defect or some genetic deal, or maybe he's born and doesn't get enough oxygen or something like that. If the horse is normal, mm -hmm. uh, he's inherently good. He, he soaks up what the human does, though, and that's where we can run into conflict. And... Um, what I've learned and just the horses have taught me is how sensitive they are that they're a prey animal, you know, and they still have to survive and, and get away from things. They, they still worry about living and dying on a pretty regular basis. Whereas we as humans, we don't really have to anymore. We got, you know, central heating and lights and all this. Um, so that's why humans I found have the biggest conflict is because, we'll be working with a horse and we think we're not doing very much at all. And the horse, well, he thinks otherwise and we just can't quite understand what he's telling us. And then he overreacts and we'll kind of tend to blame him. 
But if you can just step back and uh, try and keep yourself from getting emotional and detach from the situation and observe it critically and kind of look at what that horse is doing, he's telling you what he needs help with. And um, that that's really the biggest thing I've learned. And when I started watching that, uh, I, I haven't found a horse I couldn't ride yet or get along with, not just ride. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can get on one and make a really good bronc ride and kind of go. That's, that's not really my thing. It, it does happen every now and again, if you get a horse that's tight or something, but what I like to study is how much can I get that horse to do without getting him upset? You know, how, right. how smooth can I make it? How can I get the horse thinking versus just reacting? Because uh, I, I started a new program and just built an indoor arena here last year. And uh, I, I sell about 15 gildings a year with a year riding on them. Most of them are right there at the Hackamore. I, I, I sell a few others that are a little further along. Um, but, but that's what I do here. And I, I take some client horses and things like that. But really, just trying to provide some horses to people who are looking to learn more because um, I'm trying to get these horses to where they'll fit other people. I'm, I'm not riding them for me. I'm riding them so they can go into another situation and fit that situation. And, and as we all know, you know, have experience with horses and things like that. You never know what someone's going to get them into. So you can never expose a three or four year old to everything they might see. But what you can do is give them the ability to think rather than react. And um, that that's one of the biggest things I've learned from the horse is it's horses are a lovely animal and I love them to death. But when you're working with them, it's not a place for emotion. Um, it, it doesn't fit in. The, the horse can realize it, but he doesn't understand it. Like um, the horse doesn't hold a grudge. If you see him out in the pasture and a horse gets in his way, the first thing he might do is kind of walk towards it. If that doesn't work, he might kind of change his expression, whether that be lowering his head or pinning his ears or kind of shaking his neck or maybe wringing his tail. If that doesn't work, he might kind of move forward a little quicker and then he might bite him. And if that doesn't work, you know, he might turn around and, and kind of get the job done. But as soon as it's done, he goes right back to being buddies. And uh, that's what we struggle with. Because if, if we get a change or we're frustrated with something, uh, we have a tendency to kind of hold aggression towards the horse or emotion, you know, that feeling that we didn't get something done. And the horse, he doesn't understand that because uh, he, he's in the moment. You know, and I, I think there are quite a few humans that, that pursue being in the moment. But it can be so darn tough with all the technology we have and all the things we got going. And if you got kids and family or maybe you're in debt or something's not going good, it's real easy to let all those things cloud your mind. And uh, the horse, he doesn't have that. <laughs> He's worried about being okay in the moment. And, and that kind of seems to be the biggest thing. If you can look at it that way, it sure seems like you can get along with them. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, 
like I've said before, you know, I wasn't raised on a ranch. I mean, I, I desperately wanted to be and almost was um, and had experiences all throughout my life uh, with family members that, that lived on ranches or had ranches. And, and uh, although I didn't get to spend, you know, all the time there, I would have liked to have. But <clears throat> in terms of horses, you know, um, I, I, did, I got my first horse when I was five and we actually lived in a little neighborhood subdivision, if you can believe that. And uh, the, I had, we had the little pony in the backyard for a while. Um, that's a whole nother story. But my, my point is, 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 is like, you know, it took me a long time, even though, you know, I've roped for quite a few years and I've had a lot of horses and stuff now, but it took me a lot of years to, to understand, you know, my relationship with horses. The first, for one of the first experiences I've ever had, and I've never told this before on, on, on the podcast. So, but I was, my uncle was, had a big ranch up in Northern California um, with his father-in-law, beautiful place. And we were going to go on this pack trip with these horses with a, with a church that was up there and we went on it. But I'll never forget this, uh, and, and I didn't realize until later on when I just reflected on it and, and, and remembered some of the experiences I had. This one horse that I was going to ride, <clears throat> her name was Penny, and it was, it was a white horse. And my uncle went to get her out of the pen, and I don't know, she did something. And I'll never forget it. He whipped her in the face with a, with a rope. And so I'm, I'm 10 years old, and so I'm thinking, well, man, this is what cowboys do. I don't know. Well, then we couldn't even take that horse with us because her eye swelled up so bad. And that was some of my first exposure to, you know, to, to horses and how I thought, well, man, that's how you're supposed to treat, you know, a horse. You, you know, you got to, you know, make them submit or whatever. Um, but anyway, I mean, that I, I realized how that had a, a um, you know, just a, an impact on me uh, for a long time in terms of, you know, horses and how you do get along with them. Uh, and I've got a long way to go in my horsemanship, but, uh, you know, I agree with you. It's, 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 uh, you know, they're going to react to us and how, how we are around them. And, uh, that's, you know, like, like you say, I mean, it's a, it's a skill in and of itself. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a saint. I, <laughs> I, uh, I've done, uh, I did a lot. Uh, I was way too physical. I did way too much. I uh, was hard on horses, cowboying. I used to rodeo at, at Montana State and rode rough stock there and things like that. And um, I, ne- I never looked at it that, that way, you know, and I never, I never knew what I was doing. And it's kind of like you're saying, when you see something like that, and you think about it, and so many times us riding horses, we think about it after the fact sometimes. And you're like, oh gosh, I, I did way too much, but it's hard because not a lot of people are sharing that information. Um, and there's a lot of nice horses out there and there's a lot of really good horsemen, uh, but they kind of keep it hidden. And, uh, that's what I'm trying to share with folks is how good you can get one without banging on him without hitting him without pulling on his mouth i think sometimes we we detach ourselves from the horse in a negative way we we forget that that bit's in his mouth um like ray hunt used to say uh you put fly spray on your horse don't you and we don't so much up here in montana but i know a lot of people do down south and I think the reason you put fly spray on is probably because they can feel a fly, you know. 
So if they could feel a fly, why would you ever have to beat on them to get anything done? Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I've been running that down <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm chasing. And, uh, I'm, I'm getting a little better every day, but I'm nowhere near the picture I have in my mind. Um, and I, I, you know, you're, you're around horses. There are moments when it is, you're there, you're a hundred percent in the moment, you're feeling of the horse, the horse is feeling of you. And for anybody who's rode and has listened to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're probably smiling right now, thinking of it. Those, those right there are the moments we live for. And that's, that's what I chase every day is just how little can I do? What, how can I change to fit the situation with the horse? Um, for this, I, I'm going to say this simply because I scratched and scratched and scratched and looked for help, uh, when I was trying to do this, but if anybody's looking for help, um, you can either go to my website, markumbyranchhorses.com or my Instagram, send me a message. My phone number's on there. Give me a call if you need help and you feel like you're stuck. Um, cause I know what that feels like. And it's, uh, it's a scary feeling and feeling stuck usually breeds fear or aggression. And, and we kind of know where that takes us. Absolutely. You know, so, so how it, it's a, like, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that's, you know, it, again, it's just, correlates with life you know it's just if you're not growing you're dying and it's 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 a continual process and it's one of the reasons that you know i started this podcast too was to just reach out and 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 you know connect with other people and and uh, other people's stories and just to help inspire and, and educate you know other people and myself and uh, you know included as well and uh it's just, it's, it's very cool. That's the one thing about social media you know that is i just think so great is just having the ability to you know, you know, maybe not meet everybody physically, but you, you know, you meet them and uh, you can have discussions and learn from them at, at just the, the, you know, touch of a finger on a mouse, you know, or, or, a, or a phone. So it's very cool. Oh, a hundred percent. Look at us right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would, it wouldn't be possible with, without it. You know, it really wouldn't. Yeah. And it's funny cause I'm, I'm, I, I'm on here, you know, I got two computer screens going in a phone and I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through, you know, even your, your Instagram as we're, as we're talking and, and looking at some of the videos and, and the horses that you have and are training and it's just very cool. And how, how long have you been at where you're at now? Um, in, in the, the, the name of the ranch is the Meyer company ranch horses. Yes, sir. So, uh, I worked for Meyer Company Ranch and uh, started some horses for them before and calves for them and done some ranch work here off and on for four or five years. Um, and uh, the, the way I got this program started was I was cowboying and uh, making some real nice horses while I was doing the same work as uh, quite a few other guys, except I was, you know, selling horses for 10, 12, 15, a few for 20,000 while I was doing the same job. So I kind of, and that's, that was my goal, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't come from a whole bunch or have the money to get my own place. So I, I structured this program in a way 
that I could pay for it and fund it with horses. Um, and it kind of proved that through the process of working and selling horses for them before I got Meyer Company Ranch Horses started. We started this program at, as of January of last year and kind of got it rolling. Um, and we do clinics. I'll do clinics. I'll do lessons. Start a lot of horses for people. Um, I take about four or five horses a month. For the public, uh, I run an internship program. I currently have a, an intern that was from the military here right now. His name's John Garvick, that's working with me, and uh, that's something else I wanted to do because there's so many people out there wanting to learn horsemanship but don't have an avenue to. And uh, whether it's the horsemanship side or the business side, or the the husbandry side, how how to take care of the animals properly and uh, maintain their health and their conditioning and the pastures and things like that. So that's really why I kind of put this together because I am blessed and fortunate enough to get to study this every day as well as have the passion and the drive to do it. And not everybody is in a position to do that. And those are the people I'm here to help. I'm putting in all this work and all this time out here in the middle of nowhere with not many people around for very specific reason, to help make the world a better place for horses. And the way I can do that is by helping people get along with them a little better. And that's why I started this whole program, was just for that reason. That's very, very cool, man. And, and the, the place that you're, your place there is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And uh, it just, uh, Man, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm ready for the the intern program right now. I'm I'm ready to just drive up there and and stay with you. <laughs> it just looks so awesome. Come visit. <laughs> it's just so cool. That'd be great. So cool. So yeah. now, do you guys breed your horses there? How, how how do you get all your horses? How do how do you know? How does I, that work? I buy horses all from all over the U.S. Um, this. This last year, we, we got horses from mostly Montana, Idaho, Colorado, places like that. What, I, what, what we're looking for here is we'll get some two-year-olds, but mostly three- and four-year-old horses that haven't been started is what I'm looking for. And there's a few reasons. Um, I've seen a lot of broken-down horses and things like that because people started them too early. And for some people with their skills or their situation, maybe they're doing the fraternity thing or something like that, they got to get them started earlier. But um, that can be tough because like horses, they don't have any muscles below the knee in either the, the, the front or the hind limbs. It's, it's just tendons and ligaments. And uh, when a horse is two, there's still quite a bit of joint space there. And uh, those tendons and ligaments also contain more elastin before the age of four which makes them more malleable. And it, it's why those horses get overuse injuries like uh, bowed tendons, osteochondrosis, which is a lesion, lesion of the joint that occurs from excessive impact, often found in rope horses and performance horses. So my goal was to make these horses, because they're not cheap. Uh, my cheapest horse usually goes for twelve or 15000 and they kind of go up from there. Um, but they're horses that are going to last till they're 25, 28. Because when I go to buy them, I look for horses. The first thing I look at is confirmation. 
Um, and that, that's so important because that's how a horse moves, you know, horses have evolved over the years to, to run and eat that that's it. And the way we've been breeding them and in some industries and and some things, uh, we've bred them to where their feet are too small or the angles of their hips aren't quite right, or they're downhill, or maybe they're a little too turned out in the front limbs, or maybe they're over at the knee or under at the knee or not knee or all those things are going to, every variable from ideal is going to predispose you to lameness. So I look at that very critically when I buy these horses and I try and purchase horses with as close to ideal conformation as possible. Obviously you can't get perfect, but you can try. And then after that, I look for disposition and then I'll go for color and things like that. And I've found especially with a three or four year old, you can use them a little more. They can handle a little more. And I don't mind starting them at that age. Um, the, Cause the way I like to start a horse is I'll, I'll either start them in the round corral or sometimes I'll just start them in the indoor. Um, that, that doesn't, that, that's not a, a great big barrier for me. I'll just kind of ride the horse and get him ready. But then I like to get them outside pretty quick. Um, especially for young horses, not that it's a race, but they sure like to go see country. And if you get them outside, they're pretty quick. Um, they'll, they'll get real free. Whereas if you're, you're inside all the time, sometimes, um, not all the time, but sometimes on the particular horse, they'll get just kind of down and won't be real enthusiastic and things like that. So I'll try and start most of my colts there early part of the summer so I can kind of use them and then let them, let them go be a horse, you know, and go, go take them outside so they can get a really solid start. But, um, that, that's kind of what I look for when, when I buy my colts is three and four year olds from ranches. Um, I got quite a few horses from Mark Harrington and Lynn Hershey. Uh, they raised quite a few horses out of Dillon, Montana and the big hole. I, I got a couple of really nice horses from right outside of Dillon, a, a guy by the name of Urs Midland. Uh, he runs the Horse Prairie Ranch, and I got a few from them. And all these people have been raising horses for generations. So the, um, that's what I look for, is, is people who care about their horses and have been raising horses with some longevity, you know, because no one wants to spend all this time and all this money and fall in love with a horse and then have it to where you can't use them. And we've all either experienced that or seen somebody who has, and it's, it's pretty tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, if someone spends a bunch of money on one and, and, uh, then they can't get along with them for whatever reason. Um, it's, oh, it, it's frustrating. Be the biggest thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this video of you. Um, just the, um, you I think you're on a little, that little roan horse and your, uh, pony and that other, sorrel horse and he kind of rose up a little bit that little that little horse you're on i love the look of that horse right there I don't know if oh you know. yeah thank you that's yeah. alistair um he's actually a horse I, I have listed for sale um is that the video is it a like kind of a paint looking mare that i'm leading no no it's a, it's a sorrel okay yeah. okay you're on yeah, the grass. You're on the I, grass in front of the barn. I mean, the, the place looks beautiful. It looks like you're riding them on a, on a, on a golf course. That grass is so beautiful. So 
<laughs> yeah, Jim, the general ranch manager, he uh, he keeps all that stuff pristine. So that actually, that video there, that's a 12-year-old mare that I started here last month for a gal from Kalispell. And uh, she actually just came down and rode her here the other day. But uh, yeah, I, I sure like that little horse. He's, uh, he's a, a really, really nice horse, Alistair is. Oh, that, that's the name of the horse you're on, Alistair? Yes, that, sir. Yeah, a, he's, he's my a, little bridle horse. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he just moves so nice and just and, – and I love him. But how, how tall is he? Oh, he's not very tall. He's, he's right at 15 hands. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, it's, 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 it's interesting, you know, um, uh, you know, I've, I've had, you know, a lot of horses and, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of good horsemen and stuff, but there's, there's just, uh, there's always, always something to learn, you know, and, uh, I think the biggest thing, like with me, you know, has always been a lot of times just like you're saying, just, you know, thinking that, that, that I'm going to force them to do what I want them to do, you know, and, uh pushing them too hard and, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, and not just, you know, working with them, but you end up working against them. And so many times I, I know this for, you know, a fact, you know, I'm not in a good mood or something's not going right. You know, and you get out there and it's, it's, it's your horse's fault, you know, anything from even missing a loop to, you know, uh, just n them not standing in the box, right. Or whatever it may be, you know, and, uh, and I know that's, yeah. that, that's you been one of my big faults in, in the past. You hit the nail on the head and you kind of, you sparked up something in me that I've been trying to help some people with bringing that up. It's like my biggest thing there is like what you said, imagine how that horse feels. He doesn't, he's not going to feel like a winner because you're already coming in there kind of upset. And you could even think about this with your, your wife or significant other, like you come in the house kind of heated and a little upset. And if you don't tell him you need a minute, it usually doesn't go well. Um, <laughs> exactly. But but the horse is the same way. Imagine him, you know, you guys might not be speaking the same language, but you're getting after him and he feels like he can't do a dang thing. Right. Yep. But, um, to the part that you sparked my mind on, uh, and you might, you've probably already thought about this, but you might find it interesting. I find sometimes people get in so much trouble with their horse for the sole reason of, they have an agenda. They come in and well, you're probably going to think I'm crazy for this too, because everybody wants to get something done and I make a living doing it. So I have to get something done. <laughs> but if, if you can come in there and just look at the horse for what he is and, and maybe heck, see what he's thinking about doing, you know, try not to come in there with an agenda because if you come in with agenda, I'll kind of describe a scenario here. And I think everybody, if you critically look at yourself, you've probably done this. If you ride a lot, you're on your old horse and maybe uh, today you'd like to work on your stops and your uh, lead changes. Maybe I know a lot of people like that. So you start off and you, you know, you want to start off to the left, but your darn horse, keeps wanting to go right and look into the right but you know dan what does the human usually do in that situation oh they're going to try to correct them real quick yeah they're going to try and take them left aren't they mm -hmm. yep yeah so 
kind of just try and ride along with me here. That horse, he's saying, ah, well, you know, Tristan, I'd like to go to the right. And I'm saying, ah, no, horse. Ah, we got to go to the left. Got to go to the left. Got to go to the left. And you you can go to any riding place and watch this all the time. So what you're telling the horse, whether you realize it or not, you're cutting him off. You're telling him his idea is no good every single time. And this is just a directional thing. This isn't even you stopping him or anything. So sometimes, and I'm not saying this is appropriate in every situation. That's the hard part about horsemanship is it's circumstantial and it changes from second to second. Right. But why don't you try taking that sucker to the right to let him find out it's not the correct place to be? If he wants to go to the right so bad, maybe you take him over there and let him kind of go right for a little bit so he searches to go left. It's like um, the herdbound thing. Everybody wants to make their horse leave the horses. Well, yeah, that's that's what you want, but that's not how you teach a horse how to be independent. If your horse is barn sour and herdbound, I'm not going to spend a lot of time away from the other horses or away from the barn. I'm going to stay busy when I'm with those horses or I'm with the barn. And then if he gets the slightest idea thinking about leaving, you better believe I'm going to make it pretty easy for him to leave. And by make it easy, I mean pet him, quit pulling on him, quit kicking him, let him revel in his victory. Horses are are a proud animal and um, they like to be winners. And if you set them up to where they're a winner, they look different and they try harder. Um, it's way different than having one scared. But I, I, I would say try, try that sometimes. It, get on your horse and, uh, heck, maybe just hang the reins up. Like hold on to them, but, but don't do nothing with them. And just see, maybe you, you go in the arena and you close the gate and you trot them and see where he wants to go. Uh, for a vast majority of people, I bet he's going to want to go two places. There's three places. One, he's going to want to go to the out gate. Two, <laughs> he's going to want to go to the gate closest to which you grain him. Three, he's going to want to go to the gate where the horses are. And, and that'll depend on every barn. So if, if you have that situation, which I know thousands of people do, because I get calls and messages on it every day, go work him by the gate. Heck, you're going to ride him anyways. Go, Just go ride him by the gate. And then when he gets good, try leaving the gate. And if he leaves, give him a little break. You know, does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just yeah. like it's just positive reinforcement, you know, um, and, and not, uh, you know, not uh, punishing him all the time for something they want to do or what, you know, what the, in their mind they think is the right thing to do and you're telling them it's not. So, it's like with a like yeah. with a, like with a kid, you know. If you're if you're constantly, you know, telling them no and they're not doing the right thing, you know, we know we've all experienced it. So, yeah, and 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 you've probably been trying to correct that horse by trying to turn him to the left for I don't know how long, and it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> so why not try something different? Yeah, yeah. It's well, it, 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 like you say, you know, it, it's a process and it, it's, it's a, a learning deal, you know, and, uh, Oh yeah. You know, um, 
my wife was always uh, early on, you know, it was always cause we, you know, had horses on our place there and uh, our places and stuff. And she always say, well, yeah, well, you, you know, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be nicer with them, easier with them, you know? And I say, Oh, they're just horses, you know, they're, they're, they're tools or whatever. And one time I'll never forget this. I had a horse in a pen and it was all muddy. And so I just, I, I roped them and, and pulled them out of the pen and I was standing there talking to my wife and, the horse bolted and I, ha- I had a rope in my hand with coils. It sucked the coil around my, around my pinky and literally, I mean, jerked me off the ground. Like I was in the air like Superman and, and, uh, my, my wife laughed at me and she goes, well, the horse probably mad at you or something, you know, he, he was standing in the, in the mud pen and you roped him or whatever. But, uh, you know, that taught me a big lesson right there just uh, about, you know, uh, horses and handling horses it, it twisted my finger around it it, it it i mean put it this way it made me a little queasy uh because it, it, it jerked it pretty hard but um you know it's just uh it, it's an interesting thing i mean i just now you know i'm like you now i mean i just i love horses so much and and, and dogs both and it's just uh i look at them you know so much different you know at this age than i did when i was you know in my late 20s <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, it's not just about horses. Um, it's about being a better person. Uh, exactly. At least that's what I'm after. I want to be a little bit better each day and it doesn't always work. Sometimes I go backwards. Uh, sometimes I stay the same, but sometimes I get a little better. Um, but it's the horse. They've taught me so much more about life. Like, how to approach people better, um, how to be more aware of how they act when you approach. Like uh, sometimes we get so out of tune with what, what other people are, are doing or saying or heck, just even listening to them mm-hmm. and hearing hearing what they have to say. Yep. Sometimes you make somebody so mad just because you won't listen yep. <laughs> and that's all they want, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So it's like uh, it, it – it's it's about everything like if i'm trying to get somebody to do something that i don't know i'm going to give them more space i'm not going to smother them and i'm dang sure not going to try and intimidate them right cuz that's not that's not going to get me very far they they're, they're going to run off and probably pretty quick so it's like you said this this horsemanship stuff really is life stuff. It, it ties back to everything, your dog, your family, your friends, your work, all that kind of stuff. And it, that's what I love about horses. And thank goodness, because if you do anything and you do it enough, you'll, you'll have enemies and you'll have friends. And uh, I like to think that if you have that, it means you're doing something right. Absolutely. Um <laughs> But the best thing about the horse is people can talk and talk and talk, but the horse won't lie for you. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what you do. When you're in the arena, <laughs> it's time to put up or shut up. Yeah. You, there's no way around it, you know, and thank goodness for that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what, man, I've I just, you know, it's just so uh, it's so great to be able to, you know, like see what you do, uh, you know, uh, just through social media, you know, I mean, just, just literally, uh, watching you, uh, pony that other horse around on, on what's that little horse's name again, you were riding. Uh, Alistair. Alistair, you know, I mean, 
that to me, that's, it's calming to me just to see that horse and see you riding them in, in the way that horse moves and, and that horse is so, so beautiful, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just awesome, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we have my, my, my dad lives with us right now, my wife and I, and we're full-time caretakers of him. He's 83, he's going to be 84. And so we, we're kind of a little bit, uh, you know, confined to a certain degree, but I'm, I'm really looking here to, uh, to be able to get out here in the not too distant future and, and really improve my horsemanship more. And, and, um, now that I got a new friend up up in Montana, I'm, I'm going to have to probably come that way and, uh, get some pointers, tips and lessons. Oh my goodness. My, my door is most certainly open. And, um, thank you so much. I, uh, it makes me smile and it, and it warms my heart when you, when you said that about my, my little horse there. Um, I put a lot of thoughts and a, a lot of time into it and that what you're watching is me being myself. Um, it's the place where I'm happiest. It's the place where I feel the most confident and it, it just feels right. And, um, when I ride a horse, whether it's his first ride or his last ride, I, I want it to be something unique and beautiful. Um, and I, I, I think it, it can be, and it should be. Uh, and, and that's really what I'm after. And, and for you to say that, it, uh, it makes me smile and I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tristan. Hey, well, we're getting close to the end of our time here. So, um, favorite cowboy movie. I'm, 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 I've got a guess in my head what you're going to say, but just we'll see. Oh gosh. You're putting me, you're putting me in between a rock and a hard spot. <laughs> there's so many. I, I, I um, know. if you had to pick you know, one, I'm just, <laughs> Oh gosh. Could, could I, could I just give you one man? Um, yeah, go ahead. Not always, not always the best horsemanship, but I do love John Wayne movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do really love watching those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I did. I agree. You know, that's one thing that's kind of funny. Um, you look at all the old Westerns and I, and I always, I always kind of wondered this, you know, when I'd watch them, the way they used to rein those horses around, you know, and, and just, you know, pull their heads up real high and, and neck ran them real hard. And, and I guess they must've just used to do that just for, for theatrics or something. That and a a little bit, I mean, you've seen horses all over the world, especially with the internet. Fine horsemanship isn't an abundant thing. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people who are great with their horses, but real fine horsemanship hasn't been that big of a thing. And for a long time, when it was with the vaqueros and things like that, mm-hmm. they they kind of kept that stuff pretty secret. Um and you kind of had to go through a trial by fire and ride some real tough horses before they ever let you in on any of it. Um, and now with, like you said, the social media, I think it's getting across more. And like what I was telling you, I'm trying to lead by example and, uh, put it out there so people can see it. And, and I'm not saying that I I've got it figured out because I don't, I'm working on it every day, but if I can inspire people to do less, and think more oh man that's that's what i was put here to do (laughs) and i I think it's changing um 
I think, and, and you got to be careful because uh, not everybody's looking in your best interest. And there are a lot of snake oil salesmen and oh, yeah. not just in horsemanship and in, in anything. Yeah, absolutely. But I, gosh, I think if people start using their resources and the internet and things like that. The, the doors are, are kind of open. Like, um, for instance, I, I haven't watched it, but I've seen some snippets of that, uh, Yellowstone show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of the horsemanship there is, is getting quite a bit better than, than I've seen in a, in a lot of movies and things like that. Well, I, I'll have to, I just have to comment. Um, I'm watching Yellowstone and, and I love it because I, I love every, any and every cowboy movie thing there is, but, uh, they, they got, um, uh, Oh, Brian Bingham, who I didn't even realize that's who it was. He's in it. And then that Cole Hauser, those are my two favorite guys. Uh, and uh, anyway, it's, it's just, I, I'm glad they got it on. But then again, the other show that I watch and I passionately love is Heartland too. I don't know if you've ever watched that up in, uh, it's a Canadian movie or Canadian TV series. I've seen, I've, I haven't followed it. Uh, I don't watch much TV myself, yeah. but I have seen a few episodes of it. And um I'm kind of, if I get into something like that, I'm a sucker for it. Uh, yeah. yeah Cause know, I don't, I don't I'm watch, the, I don't watch a lot of TV either. I, I, but those kind of things. And that's one of the reasons I, I got into that heartland. Cause it was, it, I, I didn't know about it and it'd been around for almost 10 years and someone told my wife about it. And then, so I just been binge watched it on, uh, on um, Netflix, but, but anyway, yeah, you, you brought up Yellowstone, so I had to say that. But I was gonna, I thought you might, you might have said that one of your favorite movies was either um, uh, the movie with Robert Redford, um, The Horse Whisperer, or uh, the documentary Branded with uh, Ben Masters. I don't know. I just was thinking. Oh, Brand- Branded is a, a, a pretty good one, and, and those guys uh, run a heck of a program, um, that Heroes and Horses. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of that. You know, I, I but, have, but um, I don't know. I don't know the whole, the whole, I don't know the whole gist of it, but. Um, could I touch on that for a yeah, second? Yeah. I'm, 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 Go ahead. I'm pretty passionate about Heroes and Horses is a program that uh, some gentlemen started. And it, it's, a, hopefully I don't butcher this, but it, it's a rehabilitation program or just a program for veterans. And they use horses and pack trips and a, a bunch of different activities of which I don't know the extent of all of them. But I, I, I uh, donated some time to help start some horses and work some Mustangs for them that they use. And they use the same thing as Ben Masters did in that movie. And they work with them. And they use all BLM Mustangs. And they bring veterans in and they work with the horses and kind of help get them back in the groove of things and aware of what they're doing through the horses. And if anybody wants to check that out or volunteer their time or things like that, check out heroes and horses. You can find them on the internet, Instagram, it pretty much everything. And, um, up here in Montana where it's based out of, there's, there's a lot of people helping it, whether it be Josh Owinski from seven Oh saddle shop. I know he donates a bunch of things to them and really helps them out. It's that's, uh, a really good program and it's it's for our veterans which is to me one of the most important things because those guys are the reason i get to do what i love and i am very thankful for that absolutely well i'll be sure and i'm going to include all that in the show notes and i'm glad you brought that up because i i know i'd heard that before but i just 
I don't know the, you know, the, the whole, the full extent of, of, of what they do and how the program works, but I'll definitely take a look into that. And, and I'd love to maybe get somebody on the podcast and maybe you could help with that, uh, direct me, uh, you know, most certainly I can, that, you know, I can give you program. names and numbers. Yeah. That, that'd be, that'd be very cool. Very cool. So, um, well, just a couple more things real, real quick before we, before we wrap it up here. Um, how about your, how about your, your cowboy hats and something else I haven't talked to anybody else on the podcast yet because I, I just love, like, I love shaps and, and, and chinks, you know, and, uh, do you, do you have a, a certain brand or somebody make them for you or do you, you make your own or. I do. I do. Um, so my hats, I, I get all my hats from Rocky mountain hat company in Belgrade, Montana. Um, it's a, it's a family run business. Uh, it was run, run by the father and he passed away here a couple of years ago and now his son runs it. And he's also a a photographer and a very good hat maker. They come in, if you go in there, they give you individualized time, measure you up high quality hats. Um, it's all I wear. I, I like them and I like the brand and what they stand for. Very cool. As far as, as far as gear and tack, um, the guy who builds all my saddles and I work with and I'm coming out with a saddle line with and all my leather products is, is Josh Olinsky and he runs seven Oh saddle shop. He is the saddle making version of me. Um, he's a very passionate man who builds things with integrity and quality in a timely fashion and for a reasonable price. And he makes everything from shotguns to saddles to bridles. If it's leather, he could probably put it together. And um, for shotguns, a gentleman who I have a pair of his who makes real nice ones, two guys actually. Um, One gentleman is in Bozeman and the company's named Black Sheep Leather. And the other guy, which probably everybody knows, is is Dave Thornberry. He is kind of the, the master of leggings. And I have a pair of his that I really love. Very cool. Very, very cool, man. I got, yeah, I, I, you know, my thing is I I would love to just be able to wear, wear leggings every day. Just, I don't know why ever since I was born, that's just kind of the way I would like to be every day, you know? And, and, uh, uh, um, anyway, I don't know why I said that, but I'm just saying it because I just, just everything about cowboy gear and, and, and stuff, just, just, I've loved it since I was born and, and I'll love it till I die. And it's so cool to be able to talk to you, you know, a guy that's, that's, that's doing it and, and living it every day. And, um, I'm really, really glad you came on and, and, uh, you know, I learned a lot already and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, watching, uh, watching you on social media and, and, and literally getting up there and meeting you in person here one of these days too. So. Really. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I, I enjoy the conversation and, uh, the ability to share this information with people and in, in your time. Um, and I, I really do look forward to meeting you. I, I hope you take me up on that. I'll put you up and we got plenty of horses to ride here so we could, we could make a day of it for darn sure. Yeah, that, that'd be really cool, Tristan. Well, um, I better wrap it up here. I've, I've uh, we've gone over even longer than, than I even expected, but it was well worth it. So, um, in, in, until we talk again, man, um, great talking with you. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, look forward to meeting you. Okay. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much. And, um, let's stay in touch. You bet. You bet. Thanks again.
All right, have a good one, Dan. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Well, I ain't no play speed. But I give her hell, he never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies. Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pin Someday I just might be We'll turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen down at the road and